There's not one person that was not paid money who was outside of that building that finished the Carolina-Florida <laughs> game, right? I did not finish it, no. Yeah. Mackie, you're our late-night vampire. I made it to the start of the fourth overtime. You but made I had to it call that far? There. You made it that far. I got to the start of the third. You, you climbed wow. just below the peak of Mount Everest, and then you said, I'm tired. I was tired uh, during the entire third overtime, too. To yeah, what time was it even? <laughs> 12.30 to the 1 o'clock hour at that time. Oh, my goodness. I saw Brandon Montour played 57-plus minutes in that game. I'm sure the next game will be a true delight. What a thrilling <laughs> outcome night. for the NHL. This is exactly <laughs> what they wanted. Uh, Two teams nobody cares about in the Eastern Conference Finals. That goes... Even longer, forever, perpetuity. That's the thing, right? I was, I watched a bit of it. I was, I was primary focus on Jays, mm-hmm. and then I flipped over to the Jamal Murray game, which I'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I tried. I gave, I gave a, a real effort to watch that hockey game. Gave it about a half an overtime period. And then I did the, I'll, I'll just leave it on, but in mute while I listen to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, Lights out. no Guns shot, out. no shot. I'm at, I'm definitely more excited for the Western Conference final, but yeah, you just good for Matthew Kachuk. Congrats yeah. to Matthew Kachuk. All right. Okay. Quick rundown of a few things before we get to Frank Cervelli mm-hmm. of the Daily Faceoff to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And all right, let's just put it this way. I, I thought. I thought we were going to get a Dubas announcement today. Mm-hmm. I figured if this was thing was going to come, we were going to know by today. And so maybe this pod has basically no shelf life. We'll see what ends up happening here. It just feels sort of like a Friday news dumpy thing yeah. if they're going to bring them back, right? Not have the 48-hour media cycle that is going to be the Dubas up, especially going, heading into a long weekend. Mm-hmm. So stay alert, okay? Stay alert for today. Don't There's way hey, for this pod to end. Mac, and then. Don't. Send me another fake press release, though, <laughs> like you did last year. Jason Spencer, baby. Mackie, high alerted. Yeah, everything had changed in the Leafs front office. <laughs> Quote, tw- sends a tweet that has... Owner Larry Tannenbaum. Should you know have, that the, the checks still do exist, right? The Leafs like, have The one. Leafs have a check. It's gold, too. And they're not, they're not having a Twitter handle that involves a, a completely fake name that isn't even close to Trump. It was, Stats you got, Mundine. You got duped by, yeah, exactly. Stats you got Mundine. duped by one that wasn't even close. Uh, anyway. Hand up my bad. Yeah, no, it's okay. Hand up my bad. Hey, listen, that's what they do that for, to get guys like you. They caught you slipping, and for a split <laughs> second, they got me because I was like, what, is, what do we got to change it? And I was like, wait, no, this is, what is this? When what? you said, is this fake? I've never felt my stomach yeah. sink deeper <laughs> than, than that moment right there. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. It's happened. It's It happens to all of us, okay? Everybody gets got at some point on social. Yeah. Okay, so, except for usually they get got by Schefter at dot Adam, not, yeah. yeah. Or it's like Schefter no, spelled no, with no, a yeah, three no, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah definitely. Something, right? Something. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Jay's game yesterday, they lose again to the Yankees, and Aaron Judge just continues to rip bombs. Came, like I said yesterday, came into Vladdy's house, took all his stuff, and left. Four Went, homers. Thank you, for the mems had a great he left you know when you go to somebody's cottage and you leave a little thing what is it the guest book mm, yeah yeah you leave sign your name note, note. you sign your name yeah. you say what your favorite little thing was aaron judge left the guest book went 
I really enjoyed absolutely <laughs> tattooing all your guys the entire time. I like the renovations, guys. Yeah. Cute look <laughs> where I sorry about the WestJet sign that I shattered with my exit velocity. So pretty rough way to turn the Brave series, a sweep, mm-hmm. ton of optimism into yeah, basically a fortuitous win against the New York Yankees to go one and three in that series. Now you get the red hot Baltimore Orioles, another really good baseball team in town. And this one feels very, very important. Vladdy came in to pinch hit last night. That was nice. Jays had an opportunity. It was right there. It was right mm-hmm. there on the table to steal that baseball game, make the series two, two and have all this thing be fine. Of course they have the bases loaded and they don't capitalize on it. Runners in scoring position remain the thing for this baseball team. At least they got runners on though, for God's sakes, because this is what the Vladdy injury made me think of last night is how fragile the Leafs are. Sorry. The blue Jays offense is. They just, they lose one guy and it's trouble town. They lose Vladdy and all of a sudden it's Brandon belt facing a lefty where you go. Is he ever going to do? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Kirk is going to normalize to a degree at some point. But I definitely have questions about whether we'll ever see an all-star bat again. I, I'm at least thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I know it's May 19th, and again, baseball is the sport of you give a take and it turns out to be dumb. So, fine. Put this into the, what are those things called? The memory boxes? Yeah, that's what they're called, Time right? capsule? Yeah, time capsule, memory box. Put this one in there, and it'll be on freezing takes exposed probably in two weeks. But, <laughs> yeah, Chapman now regressing. Mm-hmm. Bo staying hot because he's just a stud. Springer being 33 years old. Jays lose one of those guys, a bow, a Vlad, and they're going to be a below average offense in Major League Baseball. That's just the way it is. And that's why yesterday it was easy to bet the first five under again because Vladdy wasn't in the game. And you went, okay, so who's going to do this off Nestor Cortez? <laughs> no one. Okay, cool. Bo. Bo will hit a bomb and then that will be it. And yeah, speaking of bets. Four in a row this week, mm-hmm. five extending back to last week, only one miss last week. We have an opportunity today for the perfect week. Mm-hmm. And another game where it was essentially no sweat, Jokic over an assist. Some got it at nine and a half, some got it at ten and a half. The line did move. So I hope you got one or the other. But I did say I liked the Nuggets. I liked Austin Reeves over. Mm-hmm. And I liked Jokic over assists. And for those of you that used Botano's bet builder function as one guy who sent me a screenshot of that today, you would have gotten something in the plus 1400 range. So someone such as myself also did something similar (laughs) and is very rich today and continues to be rich. So make sure you tune in for best bet later in the show brought to you by Botano because the kid is smoking red hot and refuses to lose bets. Uh, anyways, so that Lakers nuggets game, big mm-hmm. game, two takeaways, simply this two things. Lakers had their shot and now they're dead. Okay. They're not gonna, they're not gonna win for the next five against the Denver nuggets. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Um, that nuggets team is too good. Jokic is too brilliant. And Denver has such a good home court advantage. I, I don't see it. Plus you factor in LeBron definitely rolled his ankle in a real way in that game. And I'll just say it. it. It actually felt a little karmaic given how much he was flopping around in that game. 
You guys see the tweet from the Sohan kid? The Spurs won the draft lottery, and now yeah. they go, we're relevant. We can talk <laughs> trash. And- Jeremy Sohan goes to Twitter and says, why does the quote-unquote king? king? Wow. By the way, Jeremy Sohan, you can be... You can rest assured LeBron is dropping a 50-piece on you next year, my friend. You can uh, you can put that one in the bank. We're filing that one away for best bets at some point oh, next yeah. year. Lakers, Spurs. First time the Spurs see the Lakers. If LeBron's not on full load management, yeah, he's he's going to be put, reminding that kid as to why he's LeBron James and why Jeremy Sohan is most known for dyed hair. But, yes, uh, I just don't – LeBron – he already had a foot injury. He yep. looked really tired in that game. It's why I picked Denver in the first place, right? I mentioned it yesterday that 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 altitude and the fact that the Lakers came back mm-hmm. was almost the worst case scenario in game one because they really had to push themselves. And you saw that result in what did Davis have? 18 points. He can't string together two great games. It should. This should actually be now uh, an also a best bet. Yeah, is, Davis at 18. If Anthony Davis has a killer game, fade him in the next one. Yeah, it's you rest assured. It is one of the lockiest locks that you could ever lock. He just doesn't do it. He does yeah. not string games together. LeBron looked gassed. Then it looked like he rolled his ankle. Now they got to go back home and face a Denver team that has a wonderful chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. by the way. Mike Malone continues to reiterate it, doing the whole nobody wants us here. No one gives our star players credit. Nobody gives Jamal Murray credit. Mm-hmm. It's still all about the Lakers. And they're going to be able to play that card if they play Boston. It's going to be tougher to do if it's Miami. Mm-hmm. But either way, they just, they're the perfect machine rolling at the right time with the best player on earth. Again, Nikolai Jokic at peak form wasn't even his best game last night, Mm -hmm. but still absolutely dimed DLA Lakers and pushed the ball in transition. You're not stopping this guy. You didn't even score in the fourth. That's what I mean. And, but guess what? Jamal Murray did. Yep. And this is my Jamal Murray takeaway because this is the going to be the Jamal Murray game from this series. You would assume. Yep. Just because, yeah, 23 points in a fourth quarter victory against LeBron James at home. <laughs> Six that, for seven. That'll, that'll do that for you. That'll do that for you. Especially since he had, he did the bang, right? How cool was that? He <laughs> called his own bang. Yeah. If you're Mike Breen, you're thinking, I'm the best, first of all. <laughs> Guys are doing my call. What a cool thing in game. But yeah, that was a real... If you're a Nuggets fan, that's a moment. That was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. What I couldn't believe as I was watching it is, yes, I know. So this is when I think about Jamal Murray being Canadian, is if I'm watching a basketball game with someone who doesn't really care about basketball, I still throw out the, that guy's Canadian to see if it will register some sort of impact like on that. pride or something like that? Yeah, it, <laughs> n- it never, it rarely does. Uh, but still, you throw it out there as, hey, here's an interesting fact. That good player that is going to have the ball is Canadian. Mm-hmm. Canada basketball has come so far that Jamal Murray being Canadian in this game didn't even really matter. It was like a few years ago in the tournament where we had a record amount of Canadians and there was one almost in every game and you started going, okay, I don't even really care at this point mm-hmm. because it's just, we have so many of them. Yeah. But yeah, Jamal Murray just had 37 points against the Lakers in a Western Conference Finals, 23 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I didn't register with me until yeah. I thought, you know what? Where does this rank amongst the greatest games by a Canadian in mm-hmm. NBA playoff history? And now everybody knows Jamal Murray had the 50 piece yep. against the Jazz. He had two of them. Yeah. He, he, he had two 50 points? But he lost one of them. 
Yeah, he hit two fifty-point games in that series, but he had the forty-two-point oh, yeah, game that's right. that, where he got red hot. And exactly. Yes, he did. Yes, and that series was insane. That was like Jamal Murray's moment. Yeah, and then he gets hurt. Obviously, it derails things for Denver for a season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I put down yeah the the fifty-point game against the Jazz in twenty twenty bubble season. Yeah, it forced the game seven. That one just gets asterisks for me because it's in the bubble. I'm sorry. Playing in front of fans matters. And it like everything bubble related, anything any athlete did in front of no crowds is essentially irrelevant to me. So that should be actually Kyle Dubas's number one thing that he says about all these failures is like, listen, the Montreal and <laughs> Columbus ones don't really count. All right. <laughs> Scrap those suckers. And now you look at it. I basically only had three years with this team and we did get to the second round, beat Tampa and then took them to a game seven. That's actually a pretty good resume. That's a pretty good resume in the playoffs. I mean, who says we're not playoff proven? Um, Steve Nash. And I do think that him him hitting that clutch three, that that one against the Mavericks, him versus Dirk, that's the most memorable one for me, 39-12-9 and nine in 2005. Mm-hmm. They came back from down 16. They forced OT. 48-point game Nash also had in that same series against the Mavericks, 20 of 28. Yeah. And then Wiggins last year in the finals, a 26-point game with 13 rebounds to give them a 3-2 series lead. Mm-hmm. It's tough to kind of pick between those ones, but I, I do think that's Jamal Murray, 37 points, is in that like It's, it's in definitely that in that tier, 100% in that tier. But yeah. It's it, hard for me to rate the Nash ones because I didn't watch them live, unfortunately. Yeah. I can tell you that being there for the 2005, him versus the, the Mavs, mm. that was... That was the best one. The Suns one where he hits the three to go to overtime. That to me is still the, that that's the top of the mountain. The number one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It was just a, given the stakes mm-hmm. and given the fact that it was against his old team and it was him versus Dirk and it was such a huge storyline and the pressure was so high and he hit that clutch three. It was massive. It was monumental. Wiggins though, again, it's, it feels a little discounted because he, yeah, he did it in the finals. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a great game for Jamal Murray last night. I think the Lakers are dead. And I think it's almost going to be soon time to crown five or five or six. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really quick series. Anyways, the Toronto Maple Leafs continue to remain in limbo and we'll see what ends up happening here. If it happens tonight, but Frank Saravelli knows a little bit more than me at daily face off. What's up, Frank? How we doing, brother? Pretty good. How are you? You watching some NBA? Did you just tune in yesterday? Like no. during your four overtimes, you were like, you were like, I'm not even curious. You know, I love watching this two-two knotted up game between two irrelevant teams. I need it. Yeah, with zero shots. Yeah. Oh, like, what a sexy game. We played seven periods, and I, I think the Panthers finally broke fifty shots, but I, it was really close at the end. Yeah. Um, I did not that, stay that, away. That's like less than twenty-five a game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm good at math. Oof. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I was like, you do not, like Matthew could you just... want, no, you want to hear a real nightmare? Yeah, I hear so it. I, I, I think hear the brother. game ended at like one fifty-five uh AM. So I, I'm kind of like a little wired after that. I'm I'm you know cr- trying to go to sleep. Wake up at four thirty AM violently puking. Gross. That's a nightmare of sleep. Yeah, it is bad. Are you all right? You're still doing the yeah, show? Yeah, I, I think I had some uh, improperly cooked uh, shrimp at dinner last night. Wow. That's tough yeah, because shrimp, a, you don't even need bad... to cook that long. Like, it's just, it's pretty in and out. Although, if it was, yeah, I guess if it was, maybe it wasn't improperly cooked. Maybe it was improperly stored. 
Ugh. Whatever yeah. it was, it's, I'm going to have a hard time going back there for a while. Oh, yeah. No, shrimp is off the menu for a little while, Frankie. You are not in on that. That is a tough one, man. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing the show. You're a warrior, yeah, four overtimes, and then puking up shrimp, and you're still doing this. So good for mm-hmm. you. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm not really going to talk about, yeah, the playoffs right now because I don't really. I didn't think that was our Yeah, I don't think too many people here are locking in on that. I think that we're in Blue Jays mode right now, okay? It's on to the Toronto Blue Jays. That's the way that we're at right now. Um, okay, so here's what I'm going to start with the Dubas thing. Do you think the Pittsburgh job was even there? There in what way? Like, did he act? Okay, so a lot of us were basically assuming, and there was a lot of smoke around, hey, Pittsburgh could be a landing spot, Pittsburgh could be a landing spot. But my first thought when the media conference ended and he said, I'm not going to pop up somewhere else in a week, I went, I'm sure maybe another job could come available for Kyle Dubas. But I did wonder if the Pittsburgh job actually came to fruition and was formally offered to him or they made a, a real serious pursuit of him when the season concluded. Well, they can't because he's under contract with another team. Okay. So they're they're not legally allowed to. How does Is that work? Is there a curiosity that exists there? Yeah. I think yes. And I think if you were injecting some truth serum, probably some mutual curiosity, but never, obviously never got to the point that they, they're, they could even talk because you're not allowed. Um, and honestly, I always thought the Pittsburgh talk was a red herring anyway. Mm-hmm. I, my belief was if he ever got to the point where he was leaving and going to work somewhere else, that it would be the Ottawa Senators who would be replacing mm. their GM with the new owner. Like Kyle, Kyle Dubas grew up a Sens fan. That, that was his squad. And that Sens team is way better positioned to, to be something in the near future than any Penguins team is. So when will we know by... What do I'm, we have to know about? Honestly, I'm, I'd be real curious if we get through today and there's no news. Right. Because the, it's a Friday, and usually if something negative is going to go down, Friday's the day, especially on a long weekend. That's what I said, too, off the top of the show, that this feels like that's a news That's just the reporter day. spidey sense in me tingling. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a you've been around the block and you know how this stuff operates. But that also, like, at first I thought, well, that would be the way they would do it if they were announcing the extension because they just don't want everyone going, oh, is this the right move and questioning it and now what? But now I thought, no, it could go either way. And wh- where are you as it sits today? Because I, we have the understanding, and I think you've also reported that there was a, like, there is a contract that's out there that's sitting there right now for Kyle Dubas to sign. But there's something about it, whether it's the, the amount of power, whether it's the money, whether it's the term something that he does not really love about the contract and is taking his time with it. What, what do you think pushes it over the goal line? Do you think the Leafs move? Like, what, what is it exactly you think that we're waiting on now? Well, I, I, don't, I don't really know now because the thing is, MLSE doesn't want this lingering, right? Like, mm-hmm. they don't want this to be a topic of conversation now into week two. And there's there's shrewd negotiators like they're they're in business and doing this all day long every day so if you're working through a process it's not a four-day thing you either know that you're going to be able to come to terms and and figure it out and get to the bottom of it or you don't Mm -hmm. and and maybe if you don't part of the reason is there's hesitation on the part of kyle dubas you know let's just take him at face value of what he said and the emotion that was on his face talking about his family like i think you have to consider Mm -hmm. that as surprising as that was, given the fact that none of this is new 
and that his family would have been prepared for this moment theoretically all season long, whether you lost in round two, went to the cup final, made didn't make the playoffs, whenever it was, this this was always an inevitability to come to this point where you have to make a decision. And someone and not necessarily in his hands, someone has to make a decision. I would just imagine it's Well, I was just gonna say the the other part of it is I think the only other thing I can can come to grips with just from a pure reporting standpoint is some of those things that you talked about, whether it's partly financial, whether it's pushing to to have Sheldon Keefe back as his coach, whether it's to to wrestle complete autonomy and control of hockey operations decisions, mm-hmm. whatever it is, there has to be something on his list that either was a sticking point or he's just not ready. The, the, uh, he's not ready part. I, I just, I'm not really buying that. I, I, I understand the family stuff. And I know in this business now, we have to just be taking that at full face value. I'm, I'm just not. I think a little bit of, you're the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You've got a, you know, multi-million dollar position. It's one of the most high profile jobs in North America. He's someone who, you know, idolizes guys like Theo Epstein and has always wanted to have a legacy. He's a super competitive guy. I just, I... Yeah, all right. If he takes a year off and he decides to wait out for a better job, I see that one happening. I'm just not buying the idea that he's really at a crisis point where he doesn't know what's going to happen with his future. I think it was a leverage move. I think it's a negotiation tactic, and that's okay. Like, we all use uh, different things in negotiations, and we all handle them differently, and he did his through the media to some degree. I just... Yeah, and and if it doesn't work out for him in the leverage play, if that's what it is... yeah then the easiest thing to do is just say, oh, well, my family wasn't ready for me to come back. Exactly. Job. Exactly. So, but here's the part that I don't understand though. If it really was a leverage play, why did he take some of the most significant leverage he has and, and take it off the table? Okay. I wondered this too, but this is my theory. If the Leafs okay. walk away from him and they decide to mutually part ways and let's say that Senator's job with the new ownership becomes available, Who's just, he's not beholden to those words. Like it's, he didn't sign a contract saying he won't be somewhere else. He just said it on yeah, a whim. What's the worst that happens? Someone calls you a liar? It, exactly, Frank. It's like, isn't that all that people do with GMs anyway dude, all day? 100%. What was he going to say at the podium when they asked him about his future job? Just, well, he just didn't need to say that part. Uh, but what's, he, I guess, I guess, but to me, what it's was, like, that what was did a smart he gain play. by that? I guess. I think what he gained by that is that people here, it makes you a little bit more endearing. It's a good way of spinning things where you go. Does not- it? Because half the people, I think when they hear him say what he said, like no one's crying for you in your position as general manager of the Leafs Body. making two and a half million bucks last year. Oh, yeah. Welcome to this show where I went, wait, I'm not sad for you. You were the GM of the Leafs at the same time in my life when I was just rooting for them going, I hope they win games. Of course, no one's right. really that sad for you. And yeah, uh, guess what? These are high stressor jobs. That's what the money and the fame and the profile and the power is for. Like you're fine. You'll, you'll be all right. It's going to be fine. Kyle Dubas. I believe that everything is going to work out. Okay. For you. No, I just, so think let that, me, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let me walk you through the other part of this reporting process. As I've called people around the league to sure. try and parse through what he said, someone way smarter than me, And obviously someone who thinks critically said, if you notice, he said, you won't see me working in hockey next week. Mm. And they said, is that his way of saying that he'd like a position at Fenway sports where he oversees part of Liverpool and the penguins? No, 
He's a huge soccer fan. Yeah, I don't care. He's not Ted Lasso GM. Like, no. There's, this is a guy who was born and raised in a hockey rink. I, like, it just, for him to have, let's be Maybe honest. Maybe he always wanted to work in soccer. How okay. do you know? Maybe. Okay, Frank, if, if you hit on this one, it's the call of the century. So good for you. And the, No, I'm just like, I, I'm saying, like, if you're really trying to, yeah. to go down conspiracy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And say I like that it. it's not, you, you're not taking him at face value. Yeah. Then wouldn't you have to consider a, an alternative or a possibility like that? I would. And listen, I appreciate this beyond measure, okay? I love this. So don't take my pushback as, you know, anything other than pure appreciation for this take because I love it. This is to me what what we do. This is this is the best stuff. Is all And the... it's not even my idea, no, so I, I can't know even not, take but, credit for it. But that's it's a great part. idea. I'm... But you're smart enough to recognize that that's a really fun topic. So I appreciate all of this. I just have a tough time imagining that a guy who, let's face it, has had zero success in the sport he is built to have success in is always is going to make that move at this juncture of his career. Like it made more sense when we had these conversations about Masai Ujiri in soccer and we said, oh, okay, well this guy won an NBA championship and he's looking for something else. I went, okay, because then you can go, Hey, count the rings in the different spots. And if he does have the Theo Epstein complex thing where he really wants to win multiple championships and be celebrated in like be an, a real difference maker in sports as an executive. I think you need the hockey one before he could move and you got to check the box. You got to, yeah. you got to end the Red Sox and right. Cubs curses before you can. Yes. Go do that. Exactly. Before you can be Theo. Who's now saving major before league you baseball. Be taken seriously. To yeah. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Theo. I think won. I'm really glad that you said that because uh, the idea of hasn't had any success because I, I guess part of me has been a look like if you're actually looking at his tenure with, with critical thought, if you re- like, I, I did this over the weekend, um, just sort of thinking about the leaf season. I, I broke out the old notebook and drew a line down the middle of the page and and went through the pros and cons of his tenure. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess part of what I'm confused about is why he's sort of anointed as like, oh, you can't you can't lose him. Hundred percent, Frank. Hundred percent, man. Do you know? Okay, to the- think that the Toronto Maple Leafs at the end of this is the, if this is the path that they choose won't be able to survive or regroup at, if Kyle Dubas walks or leaves or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's foolish. Yes. So there's a couple so things. Do you want me to? Re- I have the sheet in front of me. Do you want me to read the pros and cons? Well, here's the thing. I know them all by heart because I have been doing it for a long time. And I actually thought that before this season that he was just wildly overrated in terms of the way that he was perceived as a general manager. I think that he is someone who learned on the job and who is now pretty good at it and had his best year, certainly had his best deadline. Like if you look at the way those guys impacted things. Well, I I think so because Shen was really solid for them and they paid basically nothing for him. They got Ryan O'Reilly, who I think was hurt and he won't admit it. they paid a ton for him. Yeah, they paid a ton for Ryan O'Reilly, but they did also get Nolachari, who was a really, I I would say not score sheet impactful, but useful player for them. Someone who did have an impact. Ryan O'Reilly scored one of their most important goals in the playoffs. And I do think carried an attitude with that team that helped them get over that hump. Like, I don't think they beat Tampa without Ryan O'Reilly. And okay. So, but yeah, so just go ahead. sizing up the deadline yeah. to com- not to combat it, but what Kevin BX has said last weekend to me really hit home uh-huh. this idea that at the deadline, they made a hard right turn and added all this toughness. So my yeah. question was, were you missing that from the beginning and, and never really got that right? Yeah. Or did you go overboard? I, I think they, started to get it right. They totally changed their style of play. Yeah. 
this is this is my I don't have an issue with it. But this how do you is, like to not have the proper feel of that? I think is <clears throat> is an issue. Dude, a hundred percent agree. I think this is a two things can be true situation. I think they looked at their roster in the middle of That's the year fair. and they thought it was okay, we're still rolling with the core four here, right? This has been the the gambit of Kyle Dubas the entire time that these four guys will figure it out. And I think what he tried to do, and it, it's pretty obvious, like this isn't like some deep take, is he tried to graft on a bunch of winning and grit and nastiness to this roster, hoping that those guys would take hold of the core four and have some of that transplant work on them. And there were moments where I think you saw it but ultimately, like the failing of this team, and you even heard it's a Wayne lot of Gr- grafting to do. Dude, it was a lot of grafting to do. And, it, and guess what? It didn't take. It didn't take to the core four guys. We saw Marner show up as playoff Marner again in the second round. We saw Matthews score no goals in the second round against the Panthers Wayne team. Wayne Gretzky on TNT yes. last night said that the Leafs guys were, quote, on a milk carton. Bingo. And that. And, and he never says anything. Bingo. I interviewed him when he took the job. And he understood the weight of his words. And I know he's kind of like caught up in a moment with Paul Bizonette, but he told me directly that he understands that if he criticizes someone, the weight it carries, right? This isn't me calling them Maple Leafs. Hey, you guys didn't have any heart. If Wayne Gretzky says that, you might as well get that tattooed across your chest because you guys are the milk carton boys now. Like, it's done. He just ended you. Like, if there was ever any doubt that the core four needed to be over, Wayne Gretzky straight up ended it on TNT with that quote. But I think he tried the transplant as the one last hurrah for the group, and there were signs that it could work because they had their moments where they were just like a grittier playoff-style team, even the ways that they won those games against Tampa where they were just sort of hanging around and then able to break through late. I liked some of that stuff. It just it didn't take hold enough to go for a deep playoff run, and that became apparent after Game 3 against Florida that it was, yeah, it was a failure. But anyways, to kind of get back to where we were, which is do you need to bring back Kyle Dubas? No, this has been the, the trickiest part about all of this, is that to me it's not so much about, hey, Kyle Dubas is so great you can't afford to lose him. It's that I have yet to hear alternatives and that the Leafs are working under a pretty intense deadline when it comes to their flexibility with moving Mitch Marner. Because I think that there's well, nothing... shame on them. Of course, shame because on them, Because you know Frank. what? But they're you, there. You had the ability to extend him last summer of and course. your board told you no. No, Frank, of course. Ennis and I talked about this yesterday, that what thing that we can say... If with... you're going to back yourself into a corner, at least don't make it self-inflicted. 100%. But I think the strongest case for returning Kyle Dubas is that... He at least knows where the bodies are buried. He has a relationship with these guys. And if you do re-up him, he can at least get to work right away. He can just hit the ground running on whatever trade fee offers they're going to field for some of these guys. He knows what it's going to take to get Austin Matthews' contract extended. Like, he, he knows the lay of the land. That's the best case for him. And that bringing someone else in here who is unnamed at this point, like, I don't even know who, like, I know that Eric Tulski is the name people love to throw around, right? The, the GM the assistant GM in Florida who is apparently just a brilliant guy, but also someone that I've been told isn't exactly, um, yeah, potentially bring him in for the hardest GM job in the sports as your first gig kind of hockey guy. That he's brilliant, but yeah, doesn't command a room. Let's just put it that way. Um, What are the options here? Like, you think that's fair? I've known Eric Tolsky for a long time uh, since he was a blogger um, writing about the Flyers right in in the early 2010s. Um, yeah, he's brilliant. 
I, I have a feeling he's going to get an opportunity in real short order anyway. Yeah. And and you probably, what you do is you pair him with a president of hockey operations that is the front-facing person for the group, and you just allow him to go do his job, mm-hmm. which essentially is what he's been doing running the Carolina Hurricanes anyway. He does all the work with his team, and and Don Waddell is, he makes the calls and is the is the front-facing guy. And But Don Waddell also does all the business stuff in Carolina. So yeah. There's a million ways to find success, and the Carolina Hurricanes have done it pretty consistently now with their mm-hmm. second trip to the conference final in four years. Um, but maybe the answer is that there's someone internally that just can hit the ground running too. Okay, so that guy would be Brandon Pridham. Do you think he's... One would think. Yeah, do you think though... Because you see the Calgary thing, and he goes... It actually sort of feels a little bit like when Dubas got offered Colorado and it expedited things in Toronto. Do How... How big is that right now with what's happening? Like, is that going to force the timeline here to a degree? Because I would imagine Brandon Pridham is going, hey, I'm not going to screw around with this opportunity in Calgary. I don't know. I'm not going to be getting 25 different offers, and I'm not going to be staying here as AGM if I get offered that job. I also don't know if they granted him permission or not, which is why I worded my report exactly Hmm. as I did. I like that. I love the no granting of permission. It's a baller move. <laughs> it's a really? Real, yeah. I mean, I know it's not the... I mean, I get it when you don't have clarity on your yeah, own front office exactly. situation, but certain cases of it this spring alone in the NHL have been Bush League. Yeah. Well, I, I sure. Brad Tree Living has six weeks left on his deal. Yes. You're going to block him for what? Yes. He gave you 10 meritorious years of service and treated everyone well in your organization. Why? Why would you get in someone's way? Yeah. Oh, well, again, I get, this is... The quote-unquote mutual parting of ways apparently wasn't so mutual. Yeah. So let's just put that one there. Never though. is, anyway. Of course not. Um, so it, Kyle Dubas, let's try to, let's try to handicap this. Let me sum this. it up for you the best way yeah. that I can, just uh, sizing up his tenure. And this, again, not from me. This is from a current NHL GM mm-hmm. when just walking through the, the Leaf situation. He said, do you think if if somebody handed you Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Nazem Kadri, Freddie Anderson, and Morgan Riley uh, five years ago, mm-hmm. would anyone running this team have the Leafs in any worse spot than they are right now? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think that it could have been. Do you think been... it's possible to have had less success? Well, it's not, yeah, I mean, you could have not made, you couldn't have won one round, but yeah, I guess. Like, but it, I'm I'm kind of nitpicking here. Frank, l- listen, you're preaching to the choir on this. You I've, could have not won one round? Was that the bar you yeah, set? Yeah, but that's, but buddy, I'm not, what? I'm not saying this you, as. You could have not been 11 wins away from the Stanley Cup? <laughs> Frank, I'm, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. This has been my case all along. If you look at... But this thought process of winning one round is the reason why the Leafs lost in the second round. Yes. No doubt about it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with Everyone you. Everyone set an expectation of just win a round. No, but, okay, some people did set that expectation. To me, the way I always interpreted that, and I guess I got it wrong because Kyle Dubas is up for this extension and they've already got it tabled to him, was, hey, you need to at least win a round because if you don't do that, then everything is completely scorched earth, that everyone is gone. And then they got thrown into this tizzy, which, again, you're right, is of their own making. But that's the same tizzy they've been operating in One, for years. 100%. Which was, hey, we lost to the Lightning, but, you know, we looked really good doing it. Yeah. 
Listen, I, I got... I and we on, did have a 3-1 to one lead on the Montreal Canadiens. Yes. And we just kind of blew it. Yes. I How s- many mental pretzels can you twist yourself into? I said, I'm, I, look, I'm not advocating one way or the other. I'm just presenting the alternative view because the view to this point has always seemed to be have to keep this guy. No. I, I For me, it's never been have to keep this guy. And I agree with that general manager. I don't think there's manager. anyone in this league that's have to keep. I'm sorry. Like, it's Eisenman. just how it works. Like, yeah, there's a couple of guys that I would say you desperately would want to keep, but I don't fit Kyle Dubas into that category. And again, I said on Leafs Talk the second the season ended was you could actually make the case that Kyle Dubas is the worst general manager they've ever had just because of the, yeah, wasting of what they had. And the fact that, yeah, these contracts, even though like you look at right now, people are discussing this going, well, the Leafs have to keep them because they need to make sure that they move these, like they get this Mitch Marner contract traded essentially before it locks into a no move clause. And I go, he's the guy that gave a restricted free agent a six-year contract that also included a no-move clause at $11 million per season. I'm not really sure, based on his track record of negotiating, that he is exactly the best at it or that you can't find... You're hitting on some of the cons on my list. Yeah, of course. His His first signature move, he was hired on May 11th, and his first signature move was signing John Tavares on July 1. Yeah. That's the and look, no one had a crystal ball and could see a, uh, a global pandemic coming. And I and I give them one of the big pros on my list is how the Leafs navigated this flat cap environment as well as they did when no team in the league was as damaged by it. Yeah, because they clearly had projected out where the cap was going to be rising to, and then you know hard right turn, you have to stop and gut part of your roster. Okay, so. Yeah, I, 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 we've gone over his tenure. But, and it's, but it's how much of elite. that the navigated the flat cap environment is Brandon Pridham and the job that he does with the cap and the CBA? Uh, I think a lot of it. Okay, so it, it, like to sum this up, if we're going to handicap what the future of that position is, Dubas is still the favorite as of today, but is it safe to say that Pridham would actually be the runner-up considering that we don't know whether they gave him permission? But then who else could even be in consideration right now? Like what does the board look like if we're trying to handicap it to you? I don't – is there a third candidate of – I'm asking you. I haven't seen I, one. My only guess if there would be one internally would be Lawrence Gilman, who's been stashed away with the Toronto Marlies. Okay. Not great. Um, okay, so then <laughs> let's move on. Let's so, keep... But here's my thing, yeah. and, and maybe this is an incorrect read of the situation, which I always allow for. It feels like the longer this goes on, the less of a chance Kyle Dubas is returning. Has to be. It has to be. They need to be able to get this done. And that goes to the next question. If a Marner trade happens, it has to be in the next month, right? Um, He's not going to waive his no move. Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would have to think that it's between now and the draft. So if that happens, what is draft the market week. going to be like for him right now? I, I think it's pretty significant. Okay. But I also don't know why you select him as the one guy that needs to go. Because he's got term on his deal. He had another no-show in the playoffs. He carries the most pressure of the market, and it's very, very obvious that he does. Matthews, you need to extend because the game's history is make sure you extend great players. And with Nylander, I just don't know what an expiring contract, what that essentially brings you other than flexibility of movement. You can do that later in the offseason. I actually think that there should be a scenario where Nylander and Marner are on the table. But I certainly think that... 
without a doubt, Marner has to be the number one priority in terms of, hey, we're fielding offers. What would you give us for him? And that, yeah, when you're talking about being able to spread out salary and the depth and like, Frank, this team has nine guys. I think you're coming to a conclusion way too quickly without the information necessary. What's the information I need? Well, who's going to be the general manager? Because if yes, Kyle Dubas but- isn't back, I think the chances that Austin Matthews doesn't want to resign uh, multiply. So, whoa, okay, so that's a juicy one. Because he talked about wanting to be here, Mr. He loves to be the honor of the franchise. You think part of Dubas's leverage then is that if he's back, it's tied to Matthews? They know, they know it. I think they know it. So what happens if Dubas is fired then? Matthews changes his position and he tries to walk into the season? He might. I think you have to allow, like I said, the chance, whatever, however small it is now, multiplies by some untold percentage. Do you think that that is also tied into Mitch Marner's future, that Matthews has also made it clear that he wants not only Dubas back, but Marner back as well? I don't have any clarity on that. Huh. Because this is what's crazy right now. But I would think that it, it, if you just look statistically, like his, all of his best hockey's been played with Marner, except for and when, when it's he counted. didn't score this year. I think part of it was the time that he wasn't playing with Marner. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and he also had essentially one coach fired over a lack of time with Mitch Marner, and now I think he's going to get another coach fired because he wouldn't stop playing with Marner in the playoffs when it wasn't working for them. Uh, okay, so what does Nylander's next contract look like? And do they have to either get that done now or is he... So it sounds like from just reading between the tea leaves with you right now that you think he's the most likely guy to get moved. No, I don't. Um, I don't... I I wouldn't offer any handicapping on that until I know what the situation is. Okay, so essentially... And I think it's a mistake because that's what the fan base did immediately was like, oh, well, just fire Sheldon Keefe and... Trade William Nylander, and it's all good. Yeah, the Sheldon Keefe part of it, though, that is done to you. There's no way he's coming back. I don't think that's done at all. I think that's one of the things. My guess is that's one of the things that they're talking about between <laughs> Kyle Dubas and the, the, this next contract. Frank, what am I going to do next year covering all these Leaf games if they just bring everybody back during the regular season? You're going to have a field day. No, every day during the regular season, a field day? It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do the shows. I, I got I to gotta switch careers. I And by switch careers, I mean, like, I don't have a second option to this. So let's be like, are there <laughs> still gas stations? This is the only thing I'm good at. No, this is the only thing I can do. I have no other discernible skills. Like, I just, I don't, I'm not good at anything else to just jump into a workplace. Okay, so where we're at with Sheldon Keefe is that we're really not sure in terms of what happens. All right, here's... Here's the next one then that we kind of know then if we're saying that Matthews might be tied into Dubas. If Dubas comes back and Matthews wants to return, do you think that he will take any sort of a haircut that he will have learned that, yeah, there's a difference between playing for the Leafs and winning with the Leafs? We don't have any evidence of that. Mm. And that, I think, is the scariest part of the summer is what happens if he just says, I want... Five times 15 or four times 15, whatever the number is. Like, I don't know how you could possibly justify it. I don't know how you can justify a raise, quite honestly. Oh, uh, if this was a, yeah, I, I, although you can make the case wins a heart in the air of Connor McDavid, but yeah, but based on the playoff track record, you would say that no. And especially given that. Like, look at his goals over his 50 playoff games versus the goals for Dreisaitl and McDavid 
off so there for the playoff David games. So look at David Pasternak. Yep. I know center and winger, and center always gets the premium, but 11.25 is already under the 11.6 that Matthews was making and then put their numbers right next to each other. Yeah, here's here's the biggest reason, though, that you can say with pretty much certainty that they're not going to bring back the core four and why I still think that it's in, it, like really, really important they move Mitch Marner is I just don't see any way to make the money work for next year, given all of the slots they need to fill. I mentioned there's nine guys that played for them in the postseason this year that are unrestricted free agents. And that's not even taking into account that, you know, Ilya Samsonov needs a new deal. And yeah, they'll move the Matt Murray contract for whatever price, I don't know, they end up needing to pay. Send him to Robita Island. Yeah, I, that would be the best option for them. But I, I I, can't imagine that Murray just wants to take that in stride. I'm sure the guy still wants to play given his age and, yeah, the narrative around him. But yeah, they just, they, they've got so many slots to fill. And that's why whenever we're trying to peg which free agents could be back here, I'm going none. Like, is it realistic that none of the nine guys that I mentioned are back? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's likely. I think they're they're probably going to try and keep a couple of them. Which ones would you say are the favorites to stay? Uh, Luke Shen. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can Achari? afford Achari. Yeah. Because Camp feels like he's actually going to get real money. I think he is. Yeah. Not like not like real in a Leafs sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like like over three million dollars a season. In the $3 million neighborhood, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean, which takes them out of consideration for them. I can't imagine they bring Kerfoot back. And, yeah, Ryan O'Reilly seems to be the big one, but, yeah. He, he's he's in the fives. Yeah, and that's what I mean is you can't bring him back. Uh, you can't even start to think about bringing him back with those other four guys still tied in. Anyways, this is going to be a fascinating offseason, and, yeah, maybe this is. It already is, is. Yeah, maybe this is done. This podcast doesn't have an hour of shelf life because I'm with you that – Feels like something needs to get announced today. Just again, given the timelines and the fact that it's long weekend Friday, you're right. This is the news dump day. This is the spot to do it. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, I really don't like that you outlined some of those scenarios for me today, Frank. This is not great. That was not great. Well, I mean, this is what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's fun for Leaf fans telling them, hey, Austin Matthews, the guy who let you down again, is actually completely in control of this franchise. He might be picking your GM, your coach, his wingers. Uh, and his 15... own salary. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, he's got all the leverage on the planet. And he'll be like, and only another five years, everyone. Like, don't. And the yeah. issue is the Leafs have, like. They did it. With all of prison. this, with Kyle Dubas not having an extension, with. Austin Matthews and the term on his contract, like with the cap situation, yeah. the way that it is all, every single part of this is their own doing. Of course, of course, of course. There's no outside influence here. Uh, Frank Cervelli, I'll be monitoring your Twitter account. I already got the alert set, but we'll be, yeah, just don't, the Twitter alerts thing is, it's a, it's a gift and a curse. Cause every once in a while, you know, you get one and you're like, okay, this isn't what I was looking for. I was like, Oh, you know, Frank's like last night yeah. when I was tweeting that it's a shame that not everyone in the building, everyone in the building is not going to make it to last call. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Uh, and I like, was actually thinking about that. As I said it, like how many yeah. phones are dinging right now being like, what is this guy tweeting about? It's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's, I thought this it was, idiot. I thought it was like Kawhi Leonard. Cause that happened in the middle of the night when he went to the Clippers. I thought it was going to be a similar thing. Uh, and I was like, yes, I'm you never know when you need the alert though. <laughs> Friday night in July, 100%. I had the Matthew Kachuk trade. A hundred percent. You just never know. At Frank underscore Cervelli on Twitter. All of you already follow him anyways, but yeah, you can do that if you're not already and put those alerts on. Thanks for making time, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. See you, man. Uh, there he goes. Uh, of the daily face-off. All right. There's obviously the most interesting thing in there is 
that Matthews has tied himself to Dubas or that Frank believes that Matthews is not a certainty to resign here if Dubas is not the general manager, which is obviously, if you're called Dubas, the number one chip that you have. This feels very like cabalish, where Dubas was, a we can and we will with all these guys, and he kept doubling down on these guys, and he went, but you guys are going to do right by me when my contract's up, right? And they were like, don't worry, Kyle, we'll be there for you. We'll vouch for you when your contract's up so you have all the leverage over the organization. It's literally the people would make the inmates are running the asylum joke with this. It's just this is this is the most extreme example <laughs> this of this. This is purely that. <laughs> These guys are just running around giving each other Toronto Maple Leafs money. All those sweaters that you guys bought, they're just passing that that around, the collection plate around, giving each other awesome contracts and then re-upping themselves. And this is the thing, okay, and I'll close it. I don't know enough about Brandon Pridham or Lawrence Gilman to say, wow, internally that would excite me more than having Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas guys in the building, his own people running the Leafs just feels like him. It just feels like, so wait, there's potential that you could end up just keeping all three of those guys anyways. Why wouldn't you want to have more brains in the building than fewer? Sure, there should be a shakeup, but that's the thing to me is it, where's the outside name here? How are they not exploring more outside names? That that just does not compute with what has happened here and with the leverage that they should be using against Kyle Dubas and things that they should be presenting to Austin Matthews going, hey, like we want to keep you here. We're not tying it into a general manager. Anyways, huge stuff from Frank today. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. And by the way, best bets, Patano is next. Four in a row. We're going for the perfect week. We need the perfect week. So follow at JD Bunkers, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to play along, hit me up at DM. Best bets next. Sportsnet 590, the fan. It is Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. The only sportsbook I use because it is the best sportsbook in Ontario. I absolutely adore it. There's over 800 offerings on the basketball game tonight, and I will be taking the Jason Tatum over 29 and a half points. He just he wasn't really involved in the game enough in the last one. This is a do or die moment. I'm taking a great player. That is Best Bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now.